This is On Second Thought from GPB. I'm Virginia Prescott. State agencies are looking for ways to comply with Governor Kemp's order to slash budgets by 4% for the upcoming fiscal year and another 6% the following year, including GPB, by the way, which is funded in part by the state of Georgia. The Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta is also being affected by cuts. The historically black college had planned to use a $500,000 grant to launch a Center for Excellence on Maternal Mortality. It's a problem that disproportionately affects women of color. Well, that grant from the Department of Community Health could be eliminated as part of statewide budget cuts. Dr. Natalie Hernandez is assistant professor at Morehouse School of Medicine. She sat down with my colleague Leah Fleming, who asked why black women in Georgia are at least three times more likely to die during or shortly after pregnancy than white women. So it's it's multi-level. There are a lot of contributing factors. Um, the leading causes for um, women in general are cardiovascular and coronary diseases. And we know with health disparities, black women have higher rates of obesity and amongst other things. A big contributing factor to that and what the research has documented is this thing related to discrimination, racism, the stressors related to being a black woman and facing those things every single day. And that's why when people talk about maternal mortality, it has no socioeconomic level. You know, it affects women with no degree versus a woman with a PhD. And so you have many women being affected by this issue. But um, the underlying issues related to it are systemic. You have also women who have intermittent access to health care. And so they're not constantly or, you know, regularly seeing their health care provider or seeking their prenatal care appointments. And then a lot of the deaths happen in the fourth trimester or what we call after you give birth. And so um, a lot of that, again, You know, some women lose their coverage once they give birth if they have Medicaid. And so when you don't have that coverage, you don't have the resources to be able to maintain your appointments and thus seeking the care that you need and understanding the conditions. I don't think there's been a lot of education for women about what these conditions mean and how they affect them even once they give birth. You think, oh, I gave birth, I'm in the clear. Mm -hmm. But you're not. This is actually one of the more critical moments of your life as a new mother. So. Oh, once you leave the hospital, go home, yes. caring for yourself. Yes, and the Georgia report, they show the significant amount of the deaths that happen to these women after, happen after they give birth. Uh, this is another staggering piece of uh, data. Georgia's Maternal Mortality Review Committee found that 60% of pregnancy-related deaths in the state are preventable. Yes. That is shocking. It is shocking. Um, it's disheartening that that 60% of them could have been prevented. I think, you know, when women are coming in and they're being seen, there are a lot of things that are being missed. And that's where people talk about this discrimination. People are, particularly for black women, are dismissing their symptoms, dismissing the fact that they may have pain or when they're saying, I'm swollen, oh, it'll go down, not realizing it can be something very serious. Um, and, And again, with preventing with prevention having access to care is so crucial we still have 20% of women in the state of Georgia that don't have access to care if we would have you know expanded medicaid or even extend medicaid you have women that would be covered but our most vulnerable populations are not being covered by healthcare right now so what would the center for excellence in maternal mortality focus on what would it do 
Yeah, so Morehouse School of Medicine brings a unique niche. We our our whole mission of the school in general is to lead and you know and create and advance health equity. Mm-hmm. And that's where we want to come. We want everyone to have equal level playing field, right? Um, And our program, and Georgia, again, should be commended for the efforts, including, you know, um, developing the Maternal Mortality Review Committee. Um, But we had a three-pronged approach to what we wanted to do. One was to conduct research. Uh, A lot of research is focusing on the woman that died. We wanted to focus on the woman that almost died. What were the conditions that led to them almost dying? But we want to give voice to women's lived experiences and empower black women to feel that their voices can be heard and how we can alleviate that. We wanted to serve as a resource to be able to implement um, the research, to be able to work with our you know, government agencies in the state to get the full picture of what's happening to women. Then uh, you know, Morehouse School of Medicine, we're unique in that we can do training. We're a medical school. And a lot of this has to deal with providers and providing care to women. And so creating learning collaboratives, um, training our physicians to understand the unique experiences of women, um, cultural competency, implicit bias training. We talked about racism, unconscious bias training. Um, And then the last part of that would be community engagement, because we can do all this work, but if we don't engage the community if we don't educate them, if we don't have them feel empowered to make the right choices, to understand the right questions to ask the providers, then all the work we've done is for nothing. So I know a couple of pregnant women in uh, my life. They are black women. Mm -hmm. They are pregnant. What would you tell them to do in order to have a successful pregnancy? I mean, should they be looking for a black doctor? What do black women do because I'm thinking they, they hear this information and they, they may know it mentally. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they want to have a healthy pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. You want a doctor. So, yes, outcomes with black physicians improve a woman's experience. But overall, I think you just want a doctor that you feel listens to you, understands your concerns, are documenting you. For a lot of women... And I remember from my own experience, my prenatal care appointments were only five minutes. I go in, they check, you know, you do a sonogram, they check for the heartbeat, they measure you, and then you're done. And oftentimes you spend more time waiting than your actual experience. And so you want to ensure as a woman that you feel empowered to ask the right questions. And I think that's one of the trainings that we wanted to do was you flip the script. Now I'm in the driver's seat and I'm going to be in charge of my own health and make you accountable for those things. Um, Another thing is, you know, knowing the right questions to ask. Sometimes, you know, doctors come in with information overload and you don't understand a word that they said. But culturally, sometimes we just take what a a physician says, right, because that's authority and we're used to listening to authority Mm -hmm. and they know best. But uh, you know your own body. You know what's best. Women have been giving birth since mankind and we didn't have physicians and stuff and yes you know infant mortality was higher and we've gotten better but we it's a natural process and has become so medicalized that we forget about the human experience and what is behind that. Mm-hmm. So I would just say feeling empowered. You know, if you don't like your doctor, you have the right to switch your physician. You don't have to stick with the same doctor. Sometimes it's uncomfortable or it's a nuisance to do that. But you're in charge of your own life. 
And you need to make those decisions for yourself. And and I know it, it took me a while to do research. I searched for my own pregnancies, the C-section rates of all the hospitals. That's public information. You can under, you, you can research that. The C-section rate of my own midwives. So I worked with certified midwives and, and doulas. Social support is so important in this whole experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, and those are the things I think women should be looking for. Mm-hmm. And I want to say two things. I also think that uh, going through like the church mm-hmm. uh, or some, you know, talking to someone in your own personal life could help in terms of selecting a doctor. And the other thing I want to say, I don't mean to give off the impression that a white doctor cannot treat yeah. a black woman, mm-hmm. because I think that there are plenty. Yeah. That can. Yeah. No, definitely. I know for me, my preference is for someone that looks like me, mm-hmm. someone that understands my cultural preferences or understands that. You know, I describe things physically. So even if I may be experiencing anxiety and depression, I'm not going to say, well, you know, my brain, you know, I'll say, well, you know, I feel like I have heart palpitations and, you know, I'm sweaty palms and I can't sleep. You know, I think I think there are cultural nuances in how we describe symptoms. And sometimes a physician that may not be of the same race or ethnicity may not understand that or discount it. And we've seen we've seen it played out. I mean, even. Grey's Anatomy had that episode with, you know, the doctor and she kept saying, I know I'm having a heart attack and she's a physician and she's telling them and they're telling her no. But she knew deep down inside what was going on with her. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's about listening. Yeah. Yeah. Listening. Listening. listening, Definitely. So in 2014, you talked about this lawmakers, they established this maternal mortality review committee that Mm -hmm. studies these individual cases and then synthesizes the conclusions into a report Uh, But that that work is tedious and it has been slow to materialize. Yes. And I'm wondering now with this potential five hundred thousand dollar cut to to what you all are trying to do at Morehouse. What is the pitch that your school is making to state representatives to preserve that money and really uh, continue the work? Yeah. I mean, this wasn't a center we came up with haphazardly. You know, we reviewed all the available evidence that existed out there and wanted to see what the gaps were. And, you know, we you know, the center was based off of this report from nine maternal mortality review committees about improved training for physicians. I mean, we have a unique stance where we're training future learners and leaders. We wanted to take an integrated approach. Everyone is working in silos. We knew that we needed to think outside the box and how we were going to conduct the work that we're going to do. We care about the women in Georgia. We are number one in the social mission of addressing health health inequities and health disparities in the state. And, and we have the manpower, the brain power. I mean, we have amazing faculty and staff at Morehouse School of Medicine that are dedicated to the cause. And we don't want to see another woman die for something that no woman should die from. It should be the most wonderful experience that someone should have. And for a lot of women, there's fear and anxiety and, and a risk that you're going to die, especially if you live in Georgia. We're last. We're, you know, some people are saying, oh, we're on par with other states. No, we're last. And we don't know what the true numbers are because a physician can document a death one way. But that's all about interpretation. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of women and their experiences are not being documented in a way where they might be being captured in the Maternal Mortality Review Committee. You know, we, we've been a staple in this state for a long time and we're committed and they need us. 
That's Dr. Natalie Hernandez, assistant professor at Morehouse School of Medicine, talking with Morning Edition host Leah Fleming.